Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jumping off in hour three of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here with you for another hour. Then it is the official LSU pregame show on the LSU Sports Radio Network with Hunt Palmer and company. And then at 6 o'clock, it is the LSU Fighting Tigers against second-ranked Alabama in Bryant Denny Stadium at 6 p.m. with the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. Herb, I was combing through some stats. Um, and some numbers. This is one that I think is just mind-boggling about Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide in terms of just quantifying their success. So since Nick Saban's arrival at Alabama in 2007, members of each one of his recruiting classes have won at least one national championship. The 2009 class tops the list with three of their uh, with three to their name, three national titles to, to their name, while in t- the 2008-10 11, 12, 14, 15, and 17 classes each <laughs> achieved two national titles during their time in Tuscaloosa. The 2007, 2013, 2016, 18, 19, and 2020 classes can each claim one national title, obviously with the latter group still having some time to add to that number. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, we all know he's the GOAT, G-O-A-T, he's the GOAT. Um, it, it's difficult to, I mean, uh, how, you can't hate on that at all, right? You can't hate on that. It's just success. It is what it is. It sounds like to me that you're making the pitch to Scott Woodward to try to go after Nick Saban. Um, <laughs> that's what I hear out of this, man. There's I no think chance. that's what's going on There's right no now. Chance. I like your move right there. I like your move right there, uh, you know? I like that. So. I Let's see if we can get that a movement for that going. See how can we can we get some signs out at Brian Denny Stadium today saying Nick, come back to LSU, come back to BR, baby, come back to Louisiana, make it happen. The purple and gold look good on it. Make him look ten years younger. I promise you. Listen, I would love for that to happen. He's seventy years old. I don't know how much longer he's going to be coaching, um, and he's not leaving Alabama. He's just simply not. Not for LSU. Not for anybody. Quite frankly, um, why would you? when you have sustained success like that. Um, I wish it could happen. I mean, I'd welcome him back with open arms in a New York minute, but it's not <laughs> going to happen, unfortunately. It's not going open to happen. Open arms, you open at 504-260-1870. LSU, a 28-and-a-half-point underdog tonight to the Alabama Crimson Tide. And Herb and I talked about, you're a sucker if you place any action on this game, whether for uh, Al- 
Alabama or against LSU, it's just a bad, bad bet. Spend your money wisely somewhere else. Get that money goodbye. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do that, just call up me and Herb, and we'll take the donations. We'll hold your money for you. We'll hold your money for you. You know, and we enjoy a nice steak dinner or something like that. Anyway, um, that's right. I asked you, Herb, about your your teammates and how they're unhappy, and you're unhappy with the state of this program. Um, As you look at it, the next head coach, how long do you think before they're successful? Do you think this is a short rebuild? One year, two oh, years, yeah. they can bounce back. No, I, I think I think it de- it just depends on the the the, the, the systems that he decides to implement, offensive defensive systems. Um, we got a lot of talent on the team now. It's going to depend on the coordinators that he brings in. Um, but I would I would say a quick two year to three year turnaround. We should be right back where we need to be. Like next year, we'll be. You know, you will see progress. Maybe like six and four go to a bowl game, or six and not six and four, but six and six or whatever. Um, I, you know, something like that. Um, but I, I think in two years, three years, we're definitely going to be back in the national uh, college football playoff picture. Period. I, it's, it's just difficult not to see that because whoever it is that comes in, it's, it's going to be a, a quote unquote splash higher that's a hot, you know, commodity right now that will know how to recruit, that will recruit who they want and that are already recruiting guys who they want that they know that they can develop and be make great. Um so it's just a matter of also just, you know, how much how much uh the the biggest thing is going to be the 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 coordinators and who that who those guys will be and what kind of systems they're going to be running. That To me, that's going to be the biggest thing. And that's what I've been looking yeah, at. So in my mind, let's say this. In my mind, I know Jimmy likes Jimbo, and he's saying Jimbo is the guy. Well, I don't know if Jimmy likes Jimbo, but I know he's saying it's Jimbo's job until he says no. Well, you know, let's think about that. So how much success has Jimbo actually had um, since he won the championship at Florida State? What was that, uh, 2012, 13, something like that? When they won the championship, James Winston was his quarterback. That's right. He was his quarterback. That that was the last of Jimbo's truly successful teams, right? I mean, he's been at Texas A&M for a couple, three years now, and he's and what is what is he really producing? Yeah, three or four years. He was one. He was one. He was one ranking away. They finished fifth last year, uh, fifth in the nation. So, you know, he was. It was a debate whether they got shunned and should have been in, in 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 the top four. I got you, but my my answer, my question though is, there are, do you see them? So they beat and they beat Alabama this year, right? So is that enough to say, okay, moving forward, is Jimbo the guy guy? And I don't know if Jimbo is the guy guy. When we talk to other people, especially uh, you know previous players, they don't know if he's the guy guy. And it's and it's also this is a guy that we've all seen and continue to see and. How innovative is he really offensively, right? Um, but I think I think Jimbo would give us a really good opportunity. Like I think he would give us a a, a steady commitment of wins. You know, nine, ten wins, ten, eleven wins a year. But is he the guy that's going to be able to, um, you know, try to try to try to like like Dabo Sweeney to to um, 
to Nick Saban. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that guy that's always there constantly, you know, like Kirby Smart. Is he is he that next type of guy? Like, Kirby's built that program to just exactly to where Nick has built Alabama. And I don't think Kirby's going to lose any of that. I think what we see in Georgia right now is going to be there for a long, long time to come. He's always going to get the athletes. He's going to have the better coaches. He's going to have those guys prepared and ready to play, and they're going to play within his system, and they're going to they're going to they're going to be great like they are. That's what we need. We need somebody like that. Now, do you see that happening with the Jimbo Fisher? Do you see that happening with a Mel Tucker? You know, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what former but if, players. If, that's if the standard is. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I, I I get it, Herb. But if the standard is. We got to find the next guy that can beat Nick Saban on a regular basis, and 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 we got to have that kind of success. I think you're going to chase your tail for a long, long time, just because. Well, I mean, what what Nick Saban's accomplished is unprecedented in college football history. So I, so, I think that's so a that's dangerous not what I'm saying, though. game. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, no, I'm not saying chase the next guy that's going to beat Nick Saban. What I'm saying is we need to find the next guy that's going to be able to build the program, our program in a similar fashion as a Nick Saban, as a Kirby Smart, where there's okay. constant, consistent growth, and yeah. there's never any of these valleys that we've been seeing, right? Um, and, and we continue, and look, Les Miles did that to a certain extent. All Les Miles had to do was reinvent himself as the offensive coach. He would still be there yep. today. You know what I'm saying? He did it. He did it. He literally did that. And that's all I'm saying. If we If we can find somebody that can do that, but just in, reinvent themselves or in, be, play innovative football, be dynamic on the offensive side, be aggressive on the defensive side, recruit the guys that are the guys, guys, no matter what, the five, four stars, whatever they are, but they fit within your system and they're going to be great in your system, then you can never fail when you do that. So that's what I'm just saying. Just somebody that's going to have that game that game plan or that, you know, that, con- that consistency of a program that's going to be there for years to come. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying Chase, you, there's no there's no reason to find one guy that can beat Nick Saban because you're only going to beat him one time in five years, right? That doesn't that doesn't equate to success, in my opinion. No, I'm I'm totally with you. I, I get what you're saying now. That's for sure. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL. AMFM.com and the Odyssey app. David, who do we have on hold again? I apologize. The caller. Darren. Go ahead, Darren. You're on WWL. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Herb. It's Coach Brooks, man. What up, uh, you know. What up, Coach Brooks? <laughs> What's going on, Coach man? Coach what's up? What's going on, Herb? What's <laughs> up, so, Coach? Hey, uh, what do y'all guys think about uh, Joe Brady uh, as a coach? Uh, I think that not coming to Alabama. He doesn't want to coach college football. Huh? He doesn't want to coach college football. He hates it. Oh, he hates doesn't want to coach process. college football? Okay. Well, you're going to need an offensive yeah. mind coach for sure. You're not going to beat Alabama with no defensive mind coach. I think we got NFL receivers, NFL mm-hmm. running backs. They got yep. the athletes. You'll have to have an athletic quarterback, somebody who can make a miss. I don't think the quarterback we have right now. I don't think he does that. I think it's just a just a stationary target. So you don't have to have an athletic quarterback. You're gonna to have to have uh you got the wide outs, you got NFL wide receivers, no question about that. So you have to have office offensive mind coach. So I think that's my that's my opinion. Coach Brooks, that sounds like the same formula you use 
back in uh, I don't know 2006 with the Terrytown Panthers, baby. I, I know what's happening right there. Look, let me tell you something. You absolutely spot on with that right there, Coach. You spot right. on with it. And and look, right. the first thing you said was, we, what do we think about Joe Brady? First of almost like Christian said, Joe, I, I didn't. I, I think Joe hated the whole time he was here. But okay. winning was just great for him, and he couldn't deny that. But it's a tough, it's a tough deal to to coach in college football when you got to do all the recruiting. This is twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five day year job for college football coaches, right? But in the NFL, right. it's a little bit different. They do get a little time off or whatever to spend with their family, do some things, whatever. It's just different, the whole aspect of it, but. You know, you're right though. I think that I think that LSU we need to get somebody that's going to be an offensive-minded coach that that can find the right defensive coordinator that that can just let them be and let them do whatever it is that they do, and then just kind of step in every now and then and just understand what's going on and make it happen. But but we got athletes all over. We're going to continue to get athletes all over, and it's just going to be fun to watch moving forward to see exactly who that guy is going to be. That's, that's right. Also, oh, the difference between them and Georgia and Alabama, they have continuity. They just keep, they, they may change coaches, but they keep the same system year after year. Yes. All that right. they're running the same thing, but they're the same. They're not changing philosophies. And the last two years with the defense, they you know, had Bo Pelini, who I met personally, and and then coach they have now, this totally them them guys not even gonna be on and then next year gonna have another philosophy because they have to hire another defensive coordinator. So I mean guys, you are just not gonna win like that. You're just not gonna not, win like that. You are right. Well, that's something really that I think you're you're right in pointing out is the continuity and you look at the staff that has been overturned at LSU after the national championship game. You lost Joe Brady, right. you lost Dave Miranda last year, before last year, so uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big point. I'm sorry, Herb. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Nah, you're good. You're good, man. But that's something that I've always said. Remember, I said this year was going to be tough because we had different coordinators this year. It was going to be tough. I knew it was. I knew it would be tough. But then the injuries started happening, and then you know, and, and then the coordinators that we do have has never coordinated before. So those guys are learning right. on the fly, on the job. You know, and that's a difficult thing. And then. The other thing you said, Coach Brooks, and that is exactly, absolutely spot on once again, and this is something I've said in the past. When you look at Alabama or their system and what they do, they don't they don't go and hire coaches to change the system. They That's make right. the coach change his thought process so he can learn their system. And then all they That's do is right. add a couple of little wrinkles in it here and there. But what they do do is – it's easier to reprogram one person's mind than to reprogram a hundred kids' minds to try to figure out that new system. So if you got one system and that's all you do and it's constant and it never changes, that's what it is. And that's what we're looking for. And that's what I was talking about the last segment, Christian. We need to find a coach that can do something like that. That's a part of it. And that's part of the players not knowing what to do because – they then the same. Then they had three different three different systems, and they don't know what to do. I mean, them guys out of place. They athletes, but they 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 no nobody covering people. That's just that's coaching. But I mean, they got two three different type of coaches. I mean, running a four three or three four. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff going on. But uh, that's my opinion, guys. I'm, I'm proud of you, Herb. I'm, I listen to you every time I get a chance, man. And you're doing a great job, both of you. You and Kristen, bro. Appreciate it, Coach. Hey, Coach. Love you, baby. 
Hey, Coach, um, have you have you been in the cigar shop lately? I know last time I saw you, how was that cigar that you, that you had? <laughs> I think you're talking about Coach uh, Coach Brooks from uh, actually Helen Cox, the former coach. Coach, oh, I'm not the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm sorry. That's all right. We we can hear go back from uh, our boys played uh, um, actually playground ball together. Talk ball, yep. So Terrence and Keith Grant. Coach name from. (laughs) I apologize. I apologize. I thought it was Coach Willie Brooks. That's okay, man. That's okay. Yeah, y'all just keep doing a great job, man. I'm enjoying listening to y'all. Appreciate it, Coach. Very much. All right, man. All right, we'll step away and come back. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. LSU and Alabama this afternoon, this evening, Brian Denny Stadium. You'll hear it right here on the home of the Fighting Tigers, WWL, with Chris Blair, the voice of LSU Athletics. Herb, I know um, you're a big supporter of our U.S. military and Veterans Day coming up this week, and I just want to give you the opportunity uh, to just reflect on that and talk about that, what it means to you. I know you're very, very appreciative of those that serve this country. I am, man. And, uh, you know, I've always, you know, I tell you all the time how much <clears throat> that I appreciate what you've done um, for our country and and guys like you in that I have, I do not have like one single bone in me to, to, to do what you guys do. I mean, it takes so much courage and, 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 you know, uh, unselfishness to be able to do that and, and to be able to represent the country like you guys do. And I really do um, think that it's it's just simply amazing. So a couple of weeks ago, remember at the tail end of our show, a couple of weeks ago, I was telling you that my wife and I were going to the uh, World War II Museum that Sunday. And uh, yeah, so how'd we, it ended work up out? Going, we ended up going and we, man, it, it was just, um, just, 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 you know, jaw dropping. Awesome. I mean, it was just great. It, it was way above and beyond what I anticipated. That was my first time going. And so we spent from what, eight thirty that morning till like five thirty, five o'clock that evening there. We, so we spent the whole day there doing all kinds of stuff and we still need to go back to go see more of it. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to see it all. So it's definitely a two or three day trip to be able to see it and then take it all in because you can't just go and just walk around and look at something. You have to experience it, meaning you have to read all the little small fine prints, um, the little, the little nuances, uh, the stories about certain people. I mean, there was a story about one where this, this, this lady had given her, you know, her, her boyfriend um, a journal to write in before World War II. And when he went off, he wrote in it and wrote in it and wrote in it, and then he, he you know, he he passed away during the the war, and and that particular journal had been lost, if you will, for years and years and years, and somebody somebody found it or held it, had it, and then they gave it to the World War II Museum, and that lady that gave her boyfriend that particular journal was in there a couple of years ago, maybe 2017 or so. And she walked past that journal, and she looked at it and saw it, and she was like, oh, my God, that is the journal that I gave to, you know, I can't think of the soldier's name, but to him. And in all those years, she, she just thought he never wrote to her, you know, and thought that it never happened. But so what ended up happening was the World War II Museum, they actually asked her if she wanted to have it because at the end of that journal, it said, should anything happen to me, please give this journal to whatever the lady's name is. I can't quite remember her name. 
And so the World War II Museum was like, well, rightfully so, this is the soldier's last wishes, so you should have the journal. And so she was like, no, you guys keep it because it'll, it'll be better here, so, you know, suited here for people to enjoy it, more people will be able to enjoy it. Now, this lady was 90-something years old. So the museum ended up making copies of each page of it, and they gave her the journal anyway, like the copies of the, the, the journal, and the museum kept the original one. So she got the journal ultimately, although it was a copy of it, but the world gets to whoever goes to visit the, the, the museum can see that journal. And it's just small stuff like that, and it takes you through a time and a place that I never could imagine that was, you know, such a – uh, 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 a difficult task and what was going on and learning about the whole war and why we were at war and what happened before, during, and after. I mean, it was just awesome. And I just can't say enough of how proud, how how much uh, um, just, you know, how I bow down to it, all of our service men and women who give up their personal goals of life or whatever it is to go and represent our country country in the way that they do. It's it's awesome. I can't say enough about it. Herb, that's a great story about about the World War II Museum and man, uh, that's awesome to hear. I told you, I think when you when you mentioned it, I called you when we got done with the show and I said, yep. "Hey, make sure you bring a handkerchief or, you know, some some Kleenex cuz it's going to it's going to it's going to be a tearjerker to, to a degree. Was it that way?" It, it it was. I mean, it was it, it definitely tugged on your heartstrings. And we and when we did it, so we my wife is my wife Lori, she's a, she's awesome first and foremost. I love her to death. She's just the greatest person ever. And she <clears throat> when she when we plan trips and things like we don't just go and do something, right? So she 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 wants to make sure it's done right. So she we we took the tour like the guided tour of it. So <clears throat> therefore we can get all of those backstories. We can learn different things and when you when you do a guided tour, it's different than you just walking in there yourself and you're trying to, you know, soak all of this stuff in and try to, you know, and, and understand it all. When somebody can literally, they, they walk it every day, all day long, and they know all of the stories and they can point out little things here and there about certain things. So, like, like one of the vehicles that's in there was a, um, a German vehicle, it was a German-used vehicle from, from World War II, and it was a GM. <laughs> It's like the ironic of that, right? That it's just really crazy that we could be providing Germans those those vehicles. But you know, obviously that those vehicles was in Germany before the war started, right? So we didn't provide those vehicles for them during the war. But it's just ironic, and you wouldn't know that if you know if you're just a normal person walking through it without the guided tour. You know, I think it's very difficult. But with the guided tour, it makes everything so much more informative. Um, and more interesting, and you get you're more engaged into it than versus just walking through each of the the, the, the museums and sites. It was awesome. Yeah, Herb, I've been a few times. It is awesome, and man, I, in particular, I'll take it a step further. You know, you know my feelings on veterans, obviously, um, but that yep. generation, Herb, that generation in general, you know, uh, is a special, unique uh, generation that I don't think will. We, we, I don't think I don't know if we'll ever see a generation quite like that. The, probably the bravest in our nation's history when it comes to war fighting, et cetera. Um, but yeah, so just wanted to give you that opportunity because um, you're not going to necessarily be on the air on Veterans Day, but I know you have tremendous, tremendous respect and love for uh, the men and women that serve this, that have served this country, and that are currently serving this country. Um, looking in on some of the college football scores, games in action at two thirty. 
and also some of the final. Let's get right to it as it loads up here. Um, so Appalachian State in the fourth quarter, they lead Arkansas State 38-14. to 14. North uh, Texas, the mean green, Herb, you know, the mean green. You know, Craig Robertson, that's where he, that's yep. where he went to school. Yep. Mm-hmm. Former uh, Saints. They trail Southern Miss 14 to seven at the half. Temple trails East Carolina 21 nothing. Also at halftime, UL Monroe Texas State Texas State leads UL Monroe 20 to 16 at the half. Arizona and California. <laughs> Listen to this. This is rare. They are tied zero to zero at half. Cal and Arizona zero to zero. That's right. It's a tough game, I baby. I can't tell you the last time I. I can't remember the last time I've seen a game tied 0-0 at halftime in college football in today's day and age. Number six, Cincinnati. The Bearcats on top of Tulsa, 14-3. Navy and Notre Dame tied at three in the second quarter, seven minutes remaining in the second quarter. Number 11, Oklahoma on top of West Virginia in the second quarter as well, 7-3. Number 12, Baylor. They trailed TCU 10-7 again. Just underway in the second quarter. 13th ranked Auburn on top, or excuse me, tied now with Texas A&M. 14th ranked Aggies, 3-3 three to three in the second quarter. Idaho State on top of, ah, my page just refreshed, refreshed. perfect timing. Uh, Idaho State, let's get, to the, let's get to that score. Idaho State and 15th ranked BYU. BYU is all over, 35 to nothing in the second quarter. 21st ranked Wisconsin. On top of Rutgers, 24-3 to in the second quarter. Charlotte on top of, they lead Rice, 14-7. to Western Kentucky, 21. Middle Tennessee State, 14. These are all second quarter scores. Penn State leading over Maryland right now, 7 to nothing. Rhode Island, UMass. Rhode Island, 21-9 to over UMass. Troy on top of South Alabama, also in the second quarter, 24 24- to seven here dog barking but so far um herb any of those scores surprise you uh no not really i mean the, the zero zero score surprises me um that notre dame three to three score is to me uh in, you know six minutes ago in the, in the second quarter navy always plays notre dame really well um that's really, really it, man. I you know, you know, this is the week where I think there's only one. Where we got Texas A&M and Auburn playing that are the you know top 25 teams. And I think that's really it. Everybody else is playing an unranked team for the most part. So this we should see some upsets today, I, I would think. And you know, the biggest one is going to be tonight at 6:30 when the Tigers upset <laughs> the Crimson Tide of Alabama. That's what's going to happen tonight. Okay, so just so you know. <laughs> Wait, we would spend an all show saying don't bet any money on this game, right? Either for LSU or against LSU. Now you're telling us it's just going to be an upset. It's going to be an upset. I you say put no money down. I just, <laughs> it's going to be an upset one way or another. If you put money down, you might be upset. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. You might be upset. Uh, well played. Hey, how for real are is Cincinnati and the Bearcats? I think I think they're for real, man. I think that I mean, how can you go against a guy, uh, you know, in, in a team that he's built that team to that point? Um, they're not just no, they, you know, they're, they're not your, your your grandmother's Cincinnati Bearcats at all. Right. These guys are pretty good. I, th- I think they are. I think they're serious. I think Wake Forest is serious as well. Uh, well coached team, 
they both are are, are, are kind of being overlooked. They both are undefeated right now. Wake Forest. Um, uh, I think it's, it's a really good team. I watched some of that game before our show, and um, but Cincinnati, I think is 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 exactly what they are. They're they're undefeated. They should be probably number four, number five, right there. I think they're at number six right now. Correct. Um, so I think they're they're one position away from where they should be. I think they should be at the very least five, but really four. I think they I think they they're pretty good, and I think that's why. You know, their coach is, is is one of the names that's being talked about about as far as coming to LSU. Yeah, look, I'm a big Luke Fickle fan. I don't I don't buy the whole notion. Oh, he's a Midwest guy, doesn't want to come to the SEC. I don't. I just don't buy that. I think, you know, that's a job that's once in a lifetime kind of deal that you get a crack at uh, for most coaches. And I think he would be very intrigued. I think one of the reasons why. Scott Woodward moved on as quickly as he did is because USC was looking for a coach as well. So he wanted to have the same pool of candidates to talk to before they ended up going to USC. Um, so uh, yep. I just think Luke Fickle's in that mix. I just, I, I don't write him off. I know everybody wants to talk about Jimbo Fisher or, you know, Mel Tucker and Mel Tucker's got the Spartans rolling, man. He's done a great job building that program. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think Luke Fickle is certainly in the conversation. And my only concern, my only concern with Mel Tucker is he has short stays, but I think that's, that's because of coaching life, Herb, is nomadic, right? I mean, you're a bit of a nomad when you're, when you're a coach in particular, uh, coordinator, defensive coordinator. He's been that in the NFL. He's been position coaches in college football. He's been with Nick Saban's staff at Alabama, even at LSU. So, you know, there is a a concern, but I think that you know he's at he's coached at schools either as a head coach or a defensive coordinator, and hasn't ever coached at a program like LSU where you want to you know you want to be there for a good while. You're not looking for the next job, so to speak. Well, I think I think with the coaching profession, you're absolutely right. You're kind of all over the place, but if you're not moving around, you're not actually growing as a coach, right? So you're not getting the next you know, next uh, stare up to the next position or the next great job. I mean, I do think that the Michigan State job is actually a, a, a job that's right there uh, uh, just below an LSU job, meaning it's a higher-tier job. And I think the next step for him to, to be on that next level would be an LSU, something like that, or USC or something like that. So, But as it stands right now, Purdue is on top of Michigan State, 14-7. So, you know – he's got to find a way to get those guys to play better today in the second half in order for them to win against Purdue before he can even think about <laughs> what school he would go to. But I, I think he's a good coach. I think Luke Fickle is, is a, is a good coach as well. Um, I think Luke has developed his guys. So he's kind of going toward what you were saying about him being there for a period of time. And he's got that, that program the way it it is and he's doing pretty well. So you know, I think that I think Luke is. I like Luke's style on when he's on the sideline. I like his style of of, of play, how he how his teams plays ball. Um, I think he's a a, a a guy that can relate really great with the players. Um, and that, and that's that's something that I'm looking forward to too. Is who who is that guy that can really relate with the players? And I think wasn't Mel Tucker with Nick Saban when he came to LSU? Was was he yeah, on that staff? He's been with him twice. He's okay, doing them so, twice, so, at LSU and at Alabama. 
so he would be he would be kind of following Nick Saban's footsteps because Saban came from Michigan State to LSU and did what he did, stayed a short mm-hmm. period of time and went to Miami, then obviously went to Alabama. So that would be something. So Mel does have some history here. So, you know, I don't know what his time was here. I don't know if he enjoyed it 100%. I don't know if he's, you know, if it's something that he would like, that, that sort of pressure on him. But, I mean, because it's a different type of pressure to be LSU's head coach than it is Michigan State, oh, yeah. you know. So yeah, um, that's it's a little sure. bit different. A little bit different. It is. All right, we'll step away and come back and wrap up the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on the Home of the Fighting Tigers, WWL. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, wrapping up the show. Couple minutes left before we hand it off to the LSU Sports Radio Network. LSU and Alabama this evening at six o'clock with the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair and color analyst Doug Morrow. Herb, here we are about to close the show, and it's getting me fired up because I'm about to light up the fire, do a little chicken and dumplings, and then do some s'mores <laughs> later on and watch LSU and Alabama this afternoon or this evening. And hopefully pray that it's not too much of a bloodbath for the Tigers. Man, you might be sweating breaks by the end of the night, but because you're gonna you're gonna be watching a game that's gonna be a lot different than what you think it's gonna be, just so you know. And um think about calling somebody right now, put a little money on it. That's not gonna happen, K Dog. Just know that ain't gonna happen. Um, <laughs> um it, it look it's gonna be tough. It's it's not gonna be a cakewalk. We're gonna figure out who we are who our guys are. We're going to figure out what kind of coaching staff we have. Um, and I think the coaching staff has done everything that they could this week to get those guys prepared. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's going to be, it's going to be difficult in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And, you know, Coach Saban, like he said, that, that you know, it, it's pretty much been circled on the calendar from, you know, some remarks that was made by Coach O a couple of years ago. And, and those guys don't forget that. Those are the types of things they don't forget. They're going to try to put 130 points on the board, I guarantee it. Um, and they're going to try to keep us to a goose egg with no, no points on it. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm hoping and pulling for an upset, personally, myself. Tocho has been shut out twice. Saving in his time at LSU, just saying. It's happened twice in five years. He's one and four against Nick Saban. Can he go out with one more? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. That's All right, right, that's a wrap for the show. Herb, do your thing, man. I'm Christian Garrick, Simplify. I'm out. Appreciate you, man. Don't remember, God loves you, I love you, and go Tigers, baby. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 